So, my friends, oh. welcome to Arc 3. How are we feeling? Bad. <laughs> okay, so that's about what I expected. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kat. I'm your DM. Hi, I'm Noelle, and I play Fran, a Genasi wizard. Hello, I'm Caitlin, and I play Corbin, and you'll never know what he is. <gasps> <gasps> Hello, I'm Sophia. I play Laika, a tiefling paladin. Nice. Do you guys forget every time? So, uh, with the beginning of Arc 3, I want to talk a little bit before we get started about the shape of the rest of this campaign, just because I think it'll be interesting for our listeners to kind of know what's going on. So, during the last bit of Arc 2, you may remember that map of Torva's war table that our friends... Like a Fran and Corbin found uh, inside Torva's jaw. Hey, that's us. Yeah. Hey. Oh. So <laughs> our friends, like a Fran and Corbin, are able to look at this map and decide where they want to go. I have not given them much direction about what they will find in each place, but I have let them know that time is fluid in this campaign. So wherever they go, it's going to advance the events in the other locations. And the order that they do things in is going to affect what happens in each place. So we're also going to be introducing random encounters in this arc uh, as you guys are starting to travel the world and explore it a little bit more. And the way I'm going to be doing random encounters, we'll get into a little bit more once we do one, which we will do soon here. But it is going to be a very abbreviated form of fighting. If there is any fighting, we're not going to go into the full battle because it takes a long time. Too long. Too long. And I don't think it is that interesting. So we'll get into a little more, but I just wanted to preface that. So where have you guys decided to go? Denmark. Hell. Danmar? Danmar, back at it again. We are going to go to Danmar because it is close to us. And we have a reason to go. Yes, there's a large portion of the refugees heading to Denmark, so we were escorting them there as well. Right, yeah. Yep. So, are you ready? Are you feeling rested? Are you feeling hydrated? Mm. (laughs) Because we're going to start. Arc 3, The Grey Manacle. Let's play D&D. Of all the great stories told, none is more loved, or more often repeated, than that of the hero Damar. Long ago, the Desert of Bone was a lush pasture land, fed by the twin rivers Hema and Shi, which ran through the rolling fields of green grass. In this fertile land, there were many villages farming, grazing livestock, and letting the plants and animals drink from the clear blue rivers. In one of these villages lived young Damar, a strong young man who tended the sheep of a wealthy family. Damar and his sister Nama lived alone after their family had been killed by a raging prairie fire which burned their home to ashes. That fire, however, was only the first of many. As Damar grew, he heard again and again 
about how the fires continued to spark on the grasslands, which became drier each year. It was a hot summer day when he again saw the fires with his own eyes, racing along the plains. He was high atop the hills, tending his sheep, when he saw the blaze approaching his new village. Damar began to run, but even as his feet raced, he knew he would never make it in time to warn them. Still, he dashed down the hills, into the valley that grew hazy with smoke. And as he ran, he cried out in prayer, O Rove, God of rain and running waters, let me run like your rivers, let me fall like your rain. Let me save my sister and my friends. Stay Besk's hand so that they may live. And Rove appeared before him, hovering in the air, water pouring from her pale hands. She wrapped him in her arms, drenching him in her sacred waters. Young Damar, you have no fear in your heart. Promise to serve me and I will grant you the power you seek and more. I swear, Damar cried, I swear upon my name and yours. So Rove released him and was gone, but a whisper still clung to his ear. A promise and a mission. Damar began to run again, and as he ran, he found the water in the grass and the ground and pulled it to him, creating a disc which he leapt upon. It carried him through the air and then turned into a dark cloud under his feet. And as he flew over the village and the wildfire that threatened it, the cloud drenched everything in his path with a sudden downpour of rain, quelling the fire and saving his sister in an instant. Still, Rove's words followed him. When you are done here, she had said, take your master's sword and follow the rain south. There you will find those who have turned Desit's might to evil purpose. So, you guys have just emerged from the caves underneath Farah Mountain. You are battered. You are battle-worn, you're singed, and everyone's spirits are pretty broken. You emerge into a large field of wildflowers, and the road is not far off. As you guys emerge, the high priestess of the tieflings, who you guys saw briefly doing the ceremony for Solomon Palo's brother, uh, she approaches you. She is a tall, stately, older tiefling woman with horns that curl like ram's horns and silvery hair which is braided uh in a long braid down her back uh she comes up to you and she says i cannot thank you enough for all those that you helped save i heard of your bravery on the battlefield please tell me what god do you serve that you've come to us in our time of need Ugh. what a question Ugh. We all just, like, roll our eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we changed the subject. <laughs> like it says, are you okay? We are... No. We've all lost our home. Many of us have lost friends and family fighting. But we will survive. Uh, those of us who still survive. I'm sending out a retinue of my fastest flyers to the other temples. 
to alert them of what's happened here. Another group is heading to Danmar, ahead of us. Well, the few of us who will remain on the ground will be escorting the refugees south. Are there other places for tieflings to go? Yes, the temples at the top of the Nuea and Besk Mountains. So, Salm and Paolo, they, they come forward uh, as you guys are talking and say, we'll be taking some of the refugees back down to Deer Bay and, and Wolf Cliffs, those who are headed that way anyway. You're welcome to join us, at least to resupply. I don't know about you, but we don't really have anything left besides the clothes on our backs, and I don't know that anyone else here does either. That's a relatable feeling. It sounds like a good plan. And uh, that, for those of you who are not loyal Patreons, is a reason you should subscribe to our Patreon, as that is a sweet, sweet bonus episode, which we recorded recently. Witness us. Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) Behold. However, that is the power of time travel, so we will not get into that today. All right. So after they've sort of divided themselves off into which groups are going where, there's about 10 refugees who are headed to Danmar and six tieflings, including the high priestess, who she told you her name is Anna Sane. She is also going on foot with the refugees down to Danmar. So your trip to Deer Bay took you about a week. And so you are linking up with the refugee group a little further down the road. It's another week and a half down to Danmar. So Anasain is leading the group. She's doing her best to keep morale up and spirits high, but it's a long trudge back to Danmar and the weather... It just keeps getting hotter. You guys are in midsummer by now, trudging into a desert, and it's getting pretty miserable. A lot of these refugees are old. You know, they went up on that mountain to live out the rest of their days in quiet mountain air, and now they're trudging back to the city. So it's not a great vibe. <laughs> yeah. Some bad vibes on these guys. It doesn't sound chill. I, I, would you say the vibes are not chill? They're not chill vibes. Would you say it's harsh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd say that uh, anytime you guys try and make a joke, uh, they really harsh the vibes. All right. Uh, um, how's, uh, how's Mary acting? She's very quiet. She doesn't sign anything unless asked a direct question. She hangs towards the back of the group. She walks by Zarun most of the time. Sometimes she rides on him, but she's very down. I think we're all pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's she also isn't. She's not really talking to you guys. What? On, on purpose? Well, no, it's it, it, it's not like she's avoiding you guys. It's more like she feels like she she just doesn't have the words to say to you. So after about the first two days on your road to Danmar, you see the ruins of a house just off the road. And when you stop to investigate, it appears that it used to be a small inn, but it's been abandoned. And the wall of the kitchen has collapsed in. The rooms have all been emptied, uh, except for a few straw beds in the guest rooms. Do you guys want to stop and rest here for the night? Anna Sane is for it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there like a water source nearby so we can like clean off and... Yeah, it's it's a really nice spot to rest, actually. It looks like it used to be a really nice little inn. But it's closed now, and it has been for quite some time. And so, like, you find Mary in one of the rooms offering a prayer. Uh, I think, like, I would just, like, sit beside her. She she finishes her prayer, and then she glances at you and then signs. We don't know what happened here, but I pray that their souls are at rest. Who Who do you pray to? I don't know anymore. 
Never knew a god would be praying. They always told me to pray. Uh, pray to Talia. Pray to the forces. I don't know what that was all supposed to be for. I think Lycas brought her like a cup of tea. Maybe she, it's like that crow tea. Yeah, I made some crow tea for the refugees. Yeah. Uh, she takes it and she sips it. And she makes a, a face and she sets it down next to her. <laughs> this is like my goddamn crow tea. No one likes <laughs> no it. One, no one does. It's gross. <laughs> you literally described it as tastes like shit. <laughs> well, it's good for you. So I think like I would say, I'm sorry for how I reacted after the battle at the Temple of Eel. I know that you don't know who you are right now, and it's going to take you a while to figure that out. And I think it's been hard for us because we have to figure out our roles in relation to you, and we've been told who we were our whole lives based on your identity as Kai. But if you're not Kai, that's okay. And I just want you to know we'll help you get wherever you want to go and we'll help you accomplish whatever you want to do. She looks over at you and her eyes are welling up with tears again, but her hands are sharp and fierce as she signs. I want to stop him. We will, and it'll probably take a lot of time and a lot more failures, but we'll get there. Gods can be killed. I have a list right here of the ones that I personally am going to kill. Look who's at the top. It's Torva. <laughs> He's first. Then the rest will follow. She smiles. Can Can Fran burst into the room? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Fran bursts into the room. Mary, why are you hanging out with Laika? The assholes of the group got to stick together. <laughs> Uh, Laika says, Fran, we're having a moment. Laika, get out of here. This is an exclusive club. Uh, Corbin <laughs> walks in with a bunch of crow tea and says, does anybody want some more tea? No. Uh, uh, hey. hey. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. I, I'll have some more. Laika oh. takes some, but she like looks really disgusted while she's like trying to force it down her throat yeah mary is also like now that you're in the room she <laughs> takes up her mug again and she's not like she just keeps putting it to her lips but if you look closely <laughs> the liquid is going away is she going like mm, yeah she's, yeah she's giving she's smiling and she gives corbin a thumbs up corbin is in incredibly encouraged by these actions and he drinks his own cup in like one gulp <laughs> <laughs> Fran takes a cup and she like pours it on her head and makes like a hairstyle with it. And she's like, this um is how I drink. <laughs> what, what color is the tea? Black. Whoa, mm. you've got black hair now. Looks like tar. Mm -hmm. That's cool. <laughs> it's really horrible. It's really horrible. It looks awesome. Corbin <laughs> loves it. What style is it? Um, I guess it's just like a buzz cut because the tea is not that much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you add it to the rest of your water here? No, oh, okay. only this. <laughs> the rest just falls away. Yeah. Nice. I love it. Uh, Fran says, does anyone need a bath? And she quickly pulls the uh, Kai's journal out of her bag and opens it up. Oh, and drenches everybody <laughs> in the room. So we're all in like a water bubble now. Yep, yep. It's just <laughs> continuously expanding the longer you have the book open. We're all caught in it. Yeah, 
Corbin begins to drown. Yeah. Laika begins to drown. Goddess <laughs> also begins to drown. Fran laughs and shows peace signs, and then she closes the book. <laughs> uh, as soon as you close the book, Fran, the all of the water just drops to the floor. Why? <laughs> I think we should figure out how to open this book. It's so fun. Why don't you do it where, where we aren't by you? Drowning. Fran, why are you trying to kill us all the time? Drowning is... Fran, Fran, we we need air. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I opened the book again. (laughs) What happens when I shape the water, like, away from the book? You are able to... It continues to pour, but you are able to control the shape of the bubble that it pours into. Okay, I'm going to control the shape of the bubble such that it's not um, drowning my friends. <laughs> good call, good call. Um, I'm still in it, though. So once you are alone inside the bubble, Fran, mm-hmm. you hear an indistinct whispering in your ear. You can't quite make out the words. Hmm. Um, it sounds like they're coming to you from the other side of a great body of water. But you can just hear this indistinct but very familiar voice. What would I roll to try to recognize whose voice it is? Intelligence. Fifteen. Fifteen. This is the same voice that you heard when the goddess sent ascending. Oh, so it is probably Kai's voice. So I can hear it because I'm in the water with the book? Yes. If I get closer to the book, if I like try to like put my ear against it, can I hear any clearer? Yes, you can, actually. The voice sounds is still very distant, and it's very faint. But what it is saying is, I'm sorry. It has to be like this. You'll you'll do all right. I'm sorry. It has to be like this. You'll, you'll do all right. And it just keeps repeating that. Mm. <laughs> is there anything written on the pages of the book? The page that it is open to, the ink is very smeared. You can't make out anything legible. Yeah, if I turn the page, what happens? When you turn the page, Fran, you feel everything go quiet. And it's not just the sound, it's the feeling. Everything in your body is quiet. Everything around you is quiet. There's no sound. And the light shifts... And it's all very pale. You look over to see Laika, and she's frozen mid whatever she was saying. And Corbin's there, but he's quiet for once. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But curiously, you do not see Mary. And on the other side of the room, sitting on the bed, you see a woman. And you see her crow feather earrings and her antler bracelets and her wolf's toothed necklace. She looks at you and says, I'm sorry. It has to be like this. There was no other way, but Franika, you will do fine. You'll do better than fine. I'm sorry. It has to be like this. And this is, this is Kai talking to me. (laughs) What else? She just keeps repeating the same Um, thing. I, and she's not in the water and I'm in the water. Yeah, but it, it, it seems actually more like the water is gone, but okay. also everywhere. And okay. it's, it seems like you're in another space entirely. 
I'm sorry. What do you mean? It has to be like this. Like what? I'm sorry. Okay, so I, I'm i going to go over and, like, touch her. Mm-hmm. What, well, where do you touch her? On her hand. She grabs your hand, and she looks directly at you. Right there, fuck! <laughs> okay! <laughs> I'm sorry. It has to be like this. But you'll do fine. You'll do better than fine. Read. Read what I did. It will help you. I put all my magics, everything I could record, into the bindings of this book. Read and understand. For me? I'm sorry. It had to be like this. Oh, I take my hand away. (laughs) In that case, I'm going to go back over to the book and try to read it. Please make an arcana check. Okay, um, that's going to be a 13. Okay. You get the first page. Sir Nunes suggested I start writing. He says it will help. He's gotten so old now. There's gray in his face. I know he'll die soon. I feel terrible. I had thought that since my spirit was now unending, theirs would be too. However, it seems that the magic which transferred their power to me tied their mortality to my mortal form. Or perhaps I stole their immortality away, along with their power. There's so much I still don't know. Moonin says I should speak with Wavell, but I will not. He is as much to blame as any of them. Besides, what would he know? What we've done here on Estra is so unique. I'm sure he wouldn't have any more insight than Ser Nunes or Moonin. I'll continue to study this on my own. Some on the island have come forward to help. Those who used to be scholars on the world below. Ser Nunes is teaching them magic, the same that he taught me. I only hope that he will be able to pass along his knowledge before it's too late. I miss Fenrir. Father. My lord. What am I to call him now that he's gone? When I was a child, he was Lord Protector of the Woods. When I lived in those woods, he was father. After we escaped, he was simply my friend. He will always be my friend. They say that the pain will dull, but he died protecting me from that vicious creature. It was because of him that I am able to bear my child. Myself? My body? I must bear this alone. Okay! (laughs) (laughs) As soon as you finish reading this, the book snaps shut and you are thrown back into reality. The water that was encircling you and the book falls to the floor. And you feel something it's hard to place but it's power it's raw power that you know you can shape however you need to so functionally what this book is going to do for you noelle is this is going to be the way you learn new spells because you can't just go to a library and look them up right what you can do this this one i gave as an easy shot because it's the first time yeah from now on however you can at any point 
You can roll an arcana check to see if you can gain power and a passage from this book. Okay. You will have advantage on these checks if you do this in a town with a library. Oh, okay. Cool. If you do this in a safe space, like when you're, you know, at just a town that doesn't have a library, it's going to be just a normal straight up and down roll. If you uh, try and study the book in the wilderness, you still can, um, but you will be at disadvantage because you won't have any resources and you are not in a safe place where you can concentrate on it. Okay. But that is how you're going to learn spells going forward. Cool. Are yep. we going to get more info about the goddess? Every time you unlock a an ability, mm-hmm. you get raw power that you can shape, you will unlock a page of the diary. Okay, okay. Cool. And like, okay, so now I'm just back and is there, there's no more water coming out of the book? Nope, it's, uh, it closed itself. Is it like laying on the ground? Yep. Crazy. Okay, um, so <laughs> I go pick up the book. Mary signs to you, what happened? You, you went very still and very cold. Are you okay? Do, do I need to heal you? I went on a spirit journey. Or something. I think I went inside the book. <laughs> Spirit journeys are my thing, Fran. Not anymore. <laughs> Corbin's upset. He turns around. <laughs> What'd you learn? So I am going to tell them basically what happened. Okay. And like I'll say to Mary, I thought maybe the person she was talking to was you at first, but I guess she left this for me. Uh. So Mary basically makes a lot of nonsense motions with her hands. Um, <laughs> okay, it's the it, in the equivalent of her trying to come up, come up with something to say, and finally she just looks away. I didn't think it was meant for me. She signs. I couldn't. I couldn't get past the water. Well, I didn't think it was meant for me either. But I guess the water should have been a clue. <laughs> How could she have known? I mean, she would have died before you were ever a guardian. She must have known something, Mary signs. That doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fran shrugs. There's some kind of larger plan going on here. And I thought it was Torva's, since Cecilia mentioned the thing about us being good choices. Because we were stupid. (laughs) But I guess Kai must have known, too. It doesn't make sense to me, either. She must be trying to tell us something, Mary says. She must must have a plan for us. Um, For you three. (laughs) Or at least you, Fran. It's okay, Mary. You, me, and Laika can be the three odd wheels. What's the- what's the turn of phrase? Broken wheels. Yes. We're the three broken wheels. We're the three broken wheels. Well, Mary, I think we're a bicycle and they're just two wheels on the ground. (laughs) Because she said it has to be this way. And that means that she knew she wasn't going to be there. And that means that she must have known you or someone like you would. If we're a bicycle, I'm definitely the handlebars. You're not on the bicycle. <laughs> I I am the bicycle. I'm the turbo thruster. <laughs> that makes us go faster. That's really useful. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Laika. I'm well, a useful part of this team. We all are. Yes. The broken wheel team. Team broken wheels. The wheels are normal, and there's two of them, and the rest of it is just the... Friend, you're not part of this team. Fran just leaves the room. <laughs> she takes the book with her. 
Mary's riding the bicycle. <laughs> yeah. Mary just signs, I think it's the metaphor that's broken. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of your trip, you come across about a dozen of these ruins. Some are more recent than others. One town you pass through must have been destroyed a hundred years ago or more. It's nothing but crumbling walls and foundations. One house, you get there an hour, maybe just too late to stop what happened there. There's a fire dying, and there are no survivors. Um, could we perform uh, funeral rites for any remains we find? Yeah. Yeah. So actually, at this place, Mary stops everywhere she finds someone, and she prays for them. And the tieflings do too, as they, especially once they see that Mary is stopping, they begin performing funeral rites for anyone they can find. Are we getting the sense that they were killed by people or by magic? Yeah. Like, or is this like because of the gods? You get the sense that it's people. Oh, that it's okay. that, or monsters perhaps, but something physical has happened here and it's happened at a lot of places. Is there any way for me to roll an investigation check on like one of the dead bodies to see if I can figure out? Sure. Uh, at, I can do some CSI crime science investigation on it. Sure, at the one... You have to say something. Yeah, you have to say a pun. <laughs> These bodies look fresh to death. Yeah! Very good. That's not thematically appropriate. <laughs> we absolutely did it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that we did. <laughs> well, that's a five. Uh, like is going to roll to um, investigate using some CSI science shit as well. So, Fran... Uh, we all... F- I got a 12. Oh, well, I didn't do good. Okay. What you can figure out is that it looks like it was raiders, um, humans okay. with swords. And are we catching up to them? Assuming- From the tracks, it looks like they went off to the west, which is not the direction that the road goes. Oh, okay. What you get the sense of as you find all these places along the road is that something is happening in this world, and it's driving people closer and closer together into these cities, into pockets, into towns. The road is not safe. It's not safe for you, and it's not safe for anyone who lives on it. Avalis is not a safe place. Compared to Estra. Compared to Estra, yeah. There was barely any crime in Estra. Your role was more or less symbolic on Estra. And here- We probably committed most of the crimes while we were on Estra. To be honest, honest. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> Impersonating an officer, definitely, at yeah. least once. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So now it is time. Let's see what happens on the road to Danmark. Oh, no. Welcome to Random Encounters. <laughs> Are some of them good? Like you stumble upon a giant cake? Yeah. Full of more little or like cakes? you fall into a vat of, of golden coins? It's a, that could be dangerous. That is dangerous. <laughs> no. So I've created a table. It's going to be a roll of roll 20. There are some good things on this table. There are some bad things. There are some neutral things. There are some things that are just for fun. And what we're going to do is just go very quickly through these. Anything that requires fighting, we will just do a roll of uh, d20 plus whatever you use to attack. So for Corbin, that would be wisdom, right? Yeah. Sophia, since you use charisma for your magic and strength for your fighting, I'm going to let you choose between them, which one you feel. But like, think about which one is going to be more applicable to the situation. And then, so for Fran, that would be your intelligence. Sound good? Yep. Sounds good. Thanks, Sounds- boss. You're welcome, kid. <laughs> All right. So on the road down to Danmar, 
you come across a cave that's not far off of the road. What do you want to do? What's it look like? It looks like a cave. Uh, it's, Is there a dragon snout coming out of it? No, it's uh, pretty empty. There's a few trees next to it, a few rocks. Is there um, a trail of gold coins leading into it? No. With a dragon tail poking out? <laughs> are, are there any footprints coming in or out of it? No. I mean, I kind of want to go in the cave. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's really tempting. Yeah, yeah. it's a cave. Let's, yeah. yeah. Let's go in. All right. Uh, in this cave, you find three wooden crates. Okay. That's crate. <laughs> From what you see around it, it looks like there were maybe some sacks and some other uh, containers. Maybe this used to be a cache of some sort of supplies for maybe one of these nearby towns that has been destroyed. But most of it has rotted away, and all that is left now is three wooden crates. Well, I pry one of the crates open. All right. Uh, like so- it backs away. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> So which one do you want to open? The one in the middle? The one in the are they all left like, on the right? Are they all like identical in size and shape? Yeah. Uh, I'll go for whichever one's closest to me. All right. So that'd be the one on the farthest left, we'll say. Okay. Uh, you pry that crate open and a horrible smell hits your nose. Please roll a constitution check. <laughs> I teared that thing open like a Christmas present. 16. All right, you see stars from how bad this smell is, but mm-hmm. you are able to stay on your feet. It cool. looks like there used to be provisions in here, but they have rotted to the point where they are a noxious gas. Awesome. That leaves two crates that have not been opened. I will investigate the middle crate cautiously. 18. All right. I mean, after watching Corbin, you look at it, you see on the outsides this black mold that's growing on it, and you can surmise from that. It's also probably full of rotten provisions. I turn to Corbin and I say, Corbin, I think there's something in here. You should open this I tear one. it open. <laughs> Roll another constitution check. Ooh, nine. You, this one is worse than the last one. Uh, maybe what was in here was meat or something. You feel very lightheaded and you stumble backwards and you pass out. Thanks, Laika. Fran falls on the ground cackling. <laughs> uh, can I um, actually use lay on, lay on hands to try and wake him up? Oh, you can just slap him. All right, I, I wake him up. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you wake him up. It's not that hard. And I say I'm sorry. <laughs> Fran crawls over to Corbin and she's like, would you say that the loot was second grade? <laughs> uh, I, would ya? I push Fran's face away and I tweak her nose. Oh, it's cute. It's hard. It's hurt. It hurts. It doesn't feel good. Uh. I must break it. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? That's that- not a nose tweak. That's like a nose yeah, I don't, attack. I don't, I don't break it. It's, it's rough. Anyway, you've got one crate left. I open it. <laughs> Corbin does not learn his lesson. Please make another constitution save. <laughs> okay. Oh, natural 20. What's up? All right. This time you're prepared for it. You knew and mm-hmm. you uh, <laughs> you summoned the memory of your tea. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you look inside this crate. You are hit by a horrible smell, but you also find a small pouch with 300 silver in it. Worth it. That's mine. Oh, you're not going to share? Nope. Let's split the profit. <laughs> if you hadn't tricked me and you hadn't laughed at me, I would be sharing it right now. When we get back, I give half to the goddess.
Hello, everyone. It's me, Noelle, again, and welcome to ARC 3. <laughs> Hope y'all are enjoying it so far. The whole ball is about to get rolling. We had a wonderful break where we still like release tons of stuff. Uh, but we hope that you had a chance to get caught up on everything and are now fresh to death and ready to consume content. If you want to know what happened at Deer Bay, once again, check out our Patreon-exclusive bonus episode in two parts on Patreon, where it's exclusive and bonus. Hey, it's also the Dames and Dragons one-year anniversary! It's hard to believe. Uh, we've accomplished way more than we thought we'd be able to in 2017, thanks to our network, Don't Split the Podcast Network, thanks to the hours that we've put in, thanks to the support of other dope podcasts, and thanks to you guys, the listeners. I mean, it's a very obvious thing, but obviously we couldn't have done any of this without you. Obviously. Thanks a million, obviously. <laughs> On that note, I want to thank our wonderful iTunes reviewers today. You, once again, have blown us away. We broke 100 reviews, um, and please, 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 please keep them coming. They are one of the best ways that you can make a big impact on how many people listen to Dames and Dragons. Each and every rating bumps us up on the charts kind of a weird amount. Uh, not sure what's going on there. Thanks to DM Nick, Rob Martin 3, Dylan R. Narciss Grinder, Tara Duxel, Bart Birdiekins, Private Maki, Lemus Rupin, Lady Kitsune, Sladgemo, Dornak the Lost, Silverdwing Wolf, and Arctic Heart for wonderful iTunes reviews. If you reviewed it in another country, let us know so we can find it and give you a thanks. I want to do a little something special for our Apple Podcast reviewers this arc, and that is, I think every episode I'm going to choose one of my favorite reviews and use an app on my phone to tell their future. This week's chosen reviewer is Lemus Rupin, because they said that Kat's storytelling feels like coming back to a favorite forgotten video game or book, and that us players bring life, humor, and love to our characters, which is so kind. <laughs> Thank you, Lemus Rupin. Disclaimer, I do not know your future. All words I'm about to say are blind guesses. With that being said, here's what your future definitely is. Uh, I'm using a tarot card app to find this. <laughs> And uh, your advice card is the nine of wands reversed, meaning you're facing obstacles and you're just really tired of it, but you got to give it one more try. And your future card is uh, the four of pentacles reversed, which means as you're fighting through those obstacles, try not to become obsessed with material possessions because there's excess in your future. So if you're anything like me, Lemus Rupin, I think this means focus on school and don't binge Netflix. <laughs> also, you're clearly a nice, good person, so you're going to have a nice, good future, too. Like, that's just uh, that's just a free fortune telling from me, Noel. Thanks also to our incredible new patrons on Patreon, Willem, Rory, Joe, Neil, Jonathan, Rob, Nick, Anthony, Playwrights Haven, Osby and Taryn, Shiny Kari, Thompson, Ligby, Will, Alexis, Melanie, Lena, the, te the Captain... Jurassica, Casey, and William. I can't even speak about how thankful we are to you guys, so I won't. Thanks. That's it. And um, while I take a short break to sob in gratitude, let's hear a word from another hot, hot DSPN podcast. 
I'm James Intercasso, and I love tabletop role-playing games. I've got a new podcast called Tabletop Babble that talks RPG advice, interviews, reviews, and news with some of the top names in the industry. The conversation is casual, just like it would be if we were hanging out at a convention or local friendly game store. Get a new episode each week at don'tsplitthepodcastnetwork.com or wherever podcasts are available for free. We've been on Tabletop Babble, a reminder, so check it out. James is awesome. And thanks to our sponsor this week, Hero Lab. Honestly, Hero Lab is a godsend. Hero Lab is a programming app from Lone Wolf Development that makes character creation a breeze, automatically tracks your modifiers through levels, items, and spells, acts as a digital character sheet, and levels your character up for you. The validation engine ensures that your character isn't breaking any rules. You can easily add self-created content and items to your game, and the authoring kit even allows you to create your own gaming system. Hero Lab supports Pathfinder, Shadowrun, 5th Edition Dungeons & Dragons, Call of Cthulhu, and many more tabletop RPGs. What dark witchcraft did Lone Wolf Development use to cause Hero Lab to perform these miracles? Find out and learn more at getherolab.com. Make sure you check it out. And lastly, a wonderful message to the wonderful Chantel. Chantel, you're a dream among nightmares, a king among plebs, a god among mortals. Chantel, let's eat sushi together. Chantel, let's eat unagi until we briefly become two live unagi and then soon die from the open air. Chantel, the code word is bombarded cast. Chantel, the mission is a go. With his master's sword in hand, Damar flew south, following the will of his god across the green pastures until he saw what she had sent him to see. Where once there had been verdant fields and trees, now there was nothing but scorched earth, blackened land, and dust which swirled in gusting winds. And in the center of it all was an encampment of men in ragged armor, their black banners burning slowly and throwing sparks into the air. And in the center of the camp, on a charred throne, sat Rothi, the champion of Desit. Many years before, Rothi had rescued the lands of his father and was praised as a hero among his people. Now his eyes blazed fiery red, and his lips were black and cracked. Damar saw the power of Desit had turned Rothi's mind to madness. So he soared forward, gathering the rain and forming it into a long whip. I am Damar, champion of Rove, he said, drawing the sword from his hip and pointing it toward Rothi. She has sent me to challenge the evil which tried to burn my home. Rothi sneered. I am Rothi. Blessed by Desit, so that I may make the lands of my father great, and destroy all who would threaten it. The two champions fought, 
trading blows of water and fire. Rothi set jets of flame crackling through the air at Damar, but Damar was not to be set alight, for with Rove's blessing, he could not burn. He lashed Rothi with his sword and his whip, and the mighty champion cried out in pain. Steam hissed from the wounds and billowed into the air. At last, Damar's whip of water coiled tight around Rothi's throat. Up Damar dragged him, high into the sky, flying west to the place where the she and Hema met the sea. There he dropped Rothi, and the disgraced hero spat and hissed as the water tempered the fire's blessing inside him until it was extinguished entirely. For his deeds, Damar was named a hero of his own lands and Rothi's. He continued to use the powers Rove gave him to perform great feats of heroism and defeated many powerful foes, monsters and men alike. The city he founded on the spot where he dropped Rothi was called Danmar, and before he died, Damar passed the blessing of Rove on to his son, who would rule as king. To this day, the city still bears Rove's blessing, providing water and life to the lands that fire attempted to destroy. Okay, so after a week and a half of rough, hot, sandy, bad travel, you are looking ahead at the high red walls of the city of Danmar. Welcome back. It's been a while. How are you feeling? Bad. Not not good. So as you approach um, the walls, you see the line to get into the city is much, much longer now. It spools out probably a good half a mile away from the gate. So I think we'd go up to the closest person, like someone at the end of the line, and ask them what's going on. So this is a, it's a gruff-looking human man, and he says, uh, checking everybody who comes in the city because a bunch of nonsense been going on. What kind of nonsense? How the hell should I know? Do I look like a city guard? What's it to you? You look like a guy full of nonsense. And hey! I, I look, I point to my eyes, and I point to him with my he, two fingers. Uh, <laughs> please make a dexterity check. Wow. Okay. Uh, natural 20. Natural oh. 20. Dang. And we both rolled natural 20s. Wait, uh, what happens now? <laughs> uh, we could re-roll, but instead what it is, is he grabs your hand, and he looks you dead in the eyes, and then let's go. Whoa. Damn. I, like, look at him, and I'm impressed. Yeah. I walk away. All right. How far away can we walk there at the end of the line? Yeah, definitely <laughs> line. I walk, now you gotta wait behind this guy for, like, three days. <laughs> we earned each other's respect. <laughs> I consider him a close friend now. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you strike up a conversation with him? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, ask him about his. Uh, does he have any like weapons on him? Yeah, he's got a, a pretty sweet looking Morning Star. <gasps> cool. I'm like, hey, I also have a thing. All right, you guys have a, a good conversation about weapons. His name is Bayard Sid, and uh, he is a traveling mercenary. He's looking to get work on one of the pirate ships that's docked in the bay. Oh, he sounds cool. I'm gonna like play games with him to pass the time as we wait in line. He is from Final Fantasy. Yeah, yep. I was just gonna say. <laughs> All right, so you guys are waiting this line for like a couple of hours, and it's just getting hotter and then hotter. And oh, it's a very miserable day. I drink my hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Corbin asks 
Bran for a cup of her hair. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it the tea? Yeah, it's the tea. Yeah. So I'm choking it down. (laughs) Corbin wants some. No take backsies. Corbin um, holds up 20 silver pieces. Bran hands over some hair. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Leica holds up her hair and is like, Corbin. Corbin turns away. All right. (laughs) So after a few hours, a few long, miserable hours, A middle-aged human woman with short black hair wearing the olive green armor of the city guard approaches on horseback. She says, You're the ones from Pharaoh Mountain. Come with me. Um, um, Can I do, like, what kind of check would it be to, like, see if she is, like, really high-ranking? I guess do a perception to see if you can tell anything from her armor. I got, like, 24. Uh, Yeah, you can tell from her armor... I mean, just comparing it to the other guard's armor that you saw last time you were here, it looks like she has several insignia on her armor and a golden pin that is fastened to her left lapel. Can I know anything about that pin? You don't, but she introduces herself pretty quickly. She says, my name is Sabiha. I am the captain of the guard. Um, And she dismounts her horse and she walks you guys back to the city gate. Hold up, are we leaving the refugees? No, they're all coming with. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, your whole group is coming with. And people in line are pissed about this. Yeah, like it feels bad. You hate to be that guy. Fran loves to be that guy. (laughs) Corbin, how do you feel about Uh, Corbin loves it. He loves the attention. Great. (laughs) Are Fran and Corbin, like, doing a dance? What are they doing? Are you doing, like, the elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist, wrist? Yeah, can we be doing, like, a catwalk? Yes. Strut. Voguing. You're just yeah. voguing like um, hell. Light has pulled up the hood of her cloak and she's not walking with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the goddess walks next to you, Laika. Yeah. She is also not with these two. Yeah. <laughs> so as you guys walk, Sabiha explains, and she takes you guys into the city, passes by the gate guards who are checking everybody as they come into the city. They're looking at papers. They're looking at cargo. And she says, I apologize for all of the security, but with the fire on the mountain, and we've had a string of disappearances here. We must be extra vigilant. What, what do you want us for? I mean, other than the fact that we're very important, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well, from what I hear from the tieflings that Priestess Anasane sent ahead, you were instrumental in as many surviving as they did. I'd like to speak with you about who you are and what you can do to help us. Please. What about who you are and what you can do to help us, lady? Is this a job interview? We will discuss this inside. It is The day is hot, and I would much re- enjoy some refreshment. Would you not? I, like, just mm. silently follow her really fast. Yeah. <laughs> we all follow her. <laughs> we act casual, but we're, like, right behind her. Yeah. 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 Like, right on our heels. So, uh, Anna Sane and the tieflings also come with you guys. The refugees, however, as soon as they get into the city, they are off. They, they're from here. They're just going home. Right. Right. Okay. So, Sabiha, she brings you uh, just a little ways into the city to the guards' barracks where she uh, she takes you inside. There's a receptionist who looks up and then stands at attention as the however many of you pass. People give the wolves some very frightened looks as they go past, but nobody uh, engages with them. Felina, Sabiha calls. Uh, and the receptionist, uh, Felina, ostensibly, stands up. Get refreshments for our guests. <laughs> Felina uh, 
leaves and comes back with a tray of fruity beverages and mm-hmm. light snacks, some hard meats and soft cheeses. I go for those meats and cheeses. So the the tieflings aren't super interested in the meats and cheeses, but they down those fruity drinks with abandon. <laughs> and Anna saying she gives a bow to Sabiha and to you three, she said, we will be departing now and joining our brethren in the other temples. We are determined to do our best to fortify the other mountains against any attacks that Torva might launch. Now that we know he is coming, we will be ready. I hope that should your travels ever take you to our monasteries again, you will fight with us, if that is an eventuality that must come to pass. Long as it's against Torva. Mm-hmm. It surely will be. You have our deepest gratitude for all that you did. Thank you. And she bows to you. And the other tieflings do too. Oh. Yep. Like a bows back. Uh, yeah, Corbin bows also. He Actually, he curtsies. <laughs> yeah. Like I see that Corbin's doing that, and then she like quickly changes into a curtsy. <laughs> <laughs> the goddess, uh, she gives a very deep bow. Fran, rude much? <laughs> well, this is typical. What are y'all looking at me for? <laughs> so then Sabiha motions the three of you in, or the four of you in. <sighs> Says, now, please, have a seat. Uh, and you walk into her office. It's uh, pretty small. It has a nice window that looks out over the top of the wall. You guys did have to climb a number of stairs to get up here. And uh, you can see out over the field that is the northern gate of Danmar. And you see the very long line of very hot and sweaty looking people. Like a, you see Bayard, he's getting closer to the front of the line. He's looking pretty pissed. I wave to him. He doesn't see you. Alright. <laughs> Please, I'd like to hear from you. How did you come to the Temple of Eol? Uh, before we answer that, what's with the line of people outside? Ah, as I mentioned, we've had quite a few disturbances in the city. The fire on the mountain it has not uh, lightened our spirits any, and there have been a rash of disappearances throughout the entire city. People are scared, and we must do what we can to protect our citizens. It may not be very efficient, but it is all we can do for now. Maybe you could offer them water and food while they wait? Some people, when we were in line, looked pretty frustrated. That's uh, not a bad idea. I will pass it along to my superiors. As captain of the guard, all I can do is try to keep the bad people out. I do not have much power besides that. Please, uh, take a seat. And she has some low, fairly nice chairs uh, in front of her desk, and she sits on the other side of it. She folds her hands on the desk. Now, tell me, who are you? Where did you come from? What? <laughs> uh... We don't know. Yeah. So after your guys' long silence, <laughs> the goddess pipes up. She says, uh, we are servants of Talia, wandering this world, attempting to do good where we can. And she looks at the three of you for confirmation. Laika is like pointing to the list just so Mary can see that says gods to kill. <laughs> and then points to the list of the forces right below it. And it's just like, she's not going to say it, but. And she she gives you a look, like, you know, like, what else was I supposed to say? Fran just nods. You serve Talia. Uh, Sabia seems a bit taken aback by this. I've never met one who 
directly serves the forces. It is a great honor. And she bows her head to you, and Magata sort of awkwardly nods back at her. <laughs> Please, tell me, what are your names? Uh, Corbin has brought in um, a bunch of meat and cheese, and his mouth is just absolutely stuffed to the brim. <laughs> so he tries to speak and fails miserably. Please demonstrate. Hey! Fran says, yeah, that's her, her and I'm Fran. <laughs> And I'm like it. That's her. <laughs> <laughs> and Mary signs, and I'm Mary. That's she just shrugs. <laughs> well, it is good to meet you. So, what's the job? As I said, we've had many disappearances, most of them from our nobility. Since our own guards have come up with nothing, I am turning to you. Perhaps those with powers beyond. Mortals can help more. So we'll probably need to have really fancy clothes. I was just going to say. We'll take this job if you supply us with the fanciest court attire you have. Of of course, of course. Unfortunately, you will need to meet with the king before we do anything else. Unfortunately. (laughs) Yes, he is away at the moment. He's going to want to see us in fresh court attire, I believe. Of course, of course. (laughs) Do not worry, we will take care of you. Uh, However, he will not be back for the next three days. So in the meantime, please enjoy our city. Look around and see what you can see. I have arranged rooms for you at a modest inn nearby. I apologize. The accommodations may not be as fine as you... uh, perhaps are expecting, but the fine inns in the city have sensitive ears in them. Mm. And I would prefer if your presence was not known until it is necessary for it to be known. Well, Lalo, we're very good at stealth missions. (laughs) Mary looks at you, Fran, as you say this, but does not sign anything. (laughs) Fran makes direct eye contact with Mary. And stares into her eyes menacingly. Uh, Corbin <laughs> swallows all of his meat and cheese in one giant gulp and looks at Mary and repeats, We're very good at stealth missions. <laughs> We're very good at stealth missions. Laika also looks at Mary, but her eyes are like pleading, like, please. <laughs> stealth missions, stealth missions. Say we're good. Missions, uh, missions. Mary n- nods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hey, we have some things before we go. One, where's the king? Two, are there gods here? Three, why are people disappearing? Four, why are the fancy places have ears? Six, five. <laughs> Corbin can't count. Down and now. I never learned how to read. Five, other questions. I Do you happen to have any information about Torva? Do you know if he's involved here in any way? I do not know if he's involved with the disappearances. I can tell you, though. There has been a resurgence of Torva worship recently. You will, I'm sure, hear it as you walk through the streets. There are priests of Torva spreading his word. Does he have a history here? Yes. As in most populous places, different gods come in and out of fashion fairly frequently. Torva was quite popular here a few decades ago. Until recently... Worship of Hidden had died down, as he seemed to not truly be answering his followers, but with the display on the mountain, they are making a comeback. 
we have reason to believe that Torva has a foothold in this area. So if you see anything that you think might be related to him, you gotta let us know. You should go to the temple of Rove. She is the patron goddess of our city. Perhaps if you pray there, she will answer your questions better than I can. Do you know where the king is? Yes, uh, he is away on diplomatic business in Madria. Or he was. He should be returning soon, as I said. Please, any other questions that you have for me? Where's the good eats? Uh, <laughs> well, the Thirsty Slavir, the inn where I have arranged your room, they have very nice dinner menu and a good selection of ales. If you are looking for something fancier, you would have to try the court district. If you're looking for something more rustic, try the docks. Cool. Can I stable my wolves at the inn? Uh, is that what those creatures are? I I did not know if it was appropriate to ask. Uh, it's not I, appropriate <laughs> to ask. Uh, well, I'm kidding. Yes, they're wolves. <laughs> I see. I, uh... Well, that is quite a surprise. Don't ask about them. <laughs> yes, you can stable them at the end. Don't look at them. Fran dies laughing. <laughs> uh, and Sabiha is, she does not know like what to do or where to look, so she just uh, turns to look out the window. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, is okay with that? <laughs> oh my god. If that is all, she looks over her shoulder. My assistant will show you to your new rooms. Thank you. I will be in touch soon. And uh, you guys head out. Her assistant, Felina, gets up from her desk when you guys walk out. And the tieflings have left now. So she gives you guys a quick bow. Says, please, follow me. And she leads you out into the street. Your inn is actually, it's on the other side of the city. And so she takes you down the main street and through the great bazaar to get there. And the market is just as vibrant and just as lively as the last time you were here. In fact, perhaps more so. People are selling a lot of these uh, beverages. Like, there's lots of drinks that are being hawked at different stalls. Because it's hot. It's the middle of summer in the desert, and everybody's thirsty. There's are a people just buying drinks and then pouring themselves on themselves like a Gatorade commercial? Uh, you do see one person do that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's a beautiful little park in the middle of the bazaar that is packed with people. It's the only vegetation in this part of the city, and... Uh, Everybody is there trying to get into the shade. But she takes you down to the craftsman's quarter. It looks pretty decent. Solidly middle class. It looks like here is where most of the goods in the, of the city are craft. You see tanners and clothiers. That sort of thing. The Slur Thirsty Slavir is a low stone building. Inside is tidy with about a dozen wooden tables and a hodgepodge of mismatched chairs. Behind the counter, there is a stack of more broken chairs, which have been wedged into a corner, and it is a very tall stack. There is a tall, sturdy-looking man behind the bar, and he raises a hand to you as you come in. Felina raises a hand back, says, Here are your new guests. Uh, I will show them to you their rooms. Have a good day. Uh, and she blushes a bit as she <gasps> walks past him very quickly. Ooh! <laughs> Matchmaker, matchmaker, make ew, me ew, a match. Ew, ew, ew. Okay. <laughs> That's a new remix. I love it. So your rooms are around the back at the end of the hall. There's two rooms, each with two well-stuffed straw beds and clean linen sheets with soft pillows. Each room has two high windows, which let in light and fresh air, but they're too high up to see out of. Felina leaves you there. 
She gives you guys another bow and says, If you need anything, please come by the guard's barracks. I will be more than happy to assist. But if you do come by in the evening, um, my evening shift counterpart may not be as pleasant as me. So that innkeeper's, like, really hot, isn't he? Oh, I'm... You mean Berend? He's... Berend! He seems into you. He totally checked you out. Yep. He's a very kind man who has offered uh, his in services to the city yard. Um, you have a nice day and goodbye. <laughs> Nailed it. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, Lyka puts her hand in the middle and is like, matchmakers. Yeah, Corbin jumps in there. Oh, yeah. Fran's in it. Oh, to yeah. Win it. <laughs> uh, Mary is also in. Oh, oh yes! yes! <laughs> With crazy Mary on our side, we can't lose. We're gonna make them fall in love. When Corbin says that, Fran, like, gets depressed. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> well, Jesus, Fran. <laughs> um, so what do you guys want to do? I want to eat, but I feel like that's partially because in real life I want to eat. I want to eat too, and I think <laughs> fuck the like rich, fancy quarters. You gotta oh, go to the docks yes. district. We gotta I get don't those. Eat what? Stay here and starve. Well, Corbin slits the party. <laughs> you guys all- go eat. I'm going to check out the temple. Oh, that's not a bad okay. idea. So as you guys are uh, heading out, you do notice there's a flyer uh, on the wall by the door. Uh huh. That is written in Estrin. What? what? Yeah, the- oh, because oh. there's Astra survivors here. <gasps> yes. And it says, People of Astra, you are not alone. Come to the sign with three white birds and speak a prayer to the goddess. <gasps> change of plans. Change of plans. Change we'll of plans. go change to the docks plans. for dinner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fran goes to talk to the barkeeper. I think we follow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We follow like bodyguards. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Mary hangs back a little bit. Um, like a bodyguard. Like a bodyguard, yeah. What does she think about that sign, by the way? She's very excited by Aww. it. She's, Aww. Um, but she's also, she seems a little bit hesitant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think we all feel the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could be a trap. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Thirsty Slavir, friends. What can I get for you? Um, An opinion about that guard that just came by. <laughs> oh, uh... You mean, uh, Miss Felina, she's very nice. She came by a few days ago. She said she thinks you are banging. <laughs> Did she really? She Did- said that guy's banging. She said you're very kind and banging. And banging. Bangin'. <laughs> I mean, um, he, uh, he tugs at his collar a little bit, and you can see he's getting quite red. Uh, and he's one of those people that blushes from sort of the neck up. So he's, oh, well, I mean, uh, she's uh, quite kind, too. Um, <clears throat> I grab him by the shirt, and I'm like, you're not married, right? Uh, no? What? No. I inspect his hands for rings. There, there are no rings on his hands. They are the, the large, tough, calloused hands of a man who's done a lot of hard work in his life. Single looking to mingle, then. Uh- Fran just saw his hand. Sorry. Had to roll. <laughs> she rolled to Had fall. Had to roll. She rolled to fall in love. That would be messed up. That would be fucked up. What if you rolled a nat 20? You gotta be fucking careful about this <laughs> yeah. shit. He's taken. Well, I failed it, so relax. What? Uh, what? Can I get you anything? Um, 
I have. That's all we really needed. We're going to leave. Just so you know, I heard she likes dancing. <laughs> d- d- I walk away. Yeah, we all go. Weren't go. you guys going to ask him about stuff? Well, no, what oh. do we need to ask him about? Are we going to go <laughs> see? Oh, wait. Should we ask him about where that place is at the estrogen? Oh, in the flyer. We yes. should ask him if he saw anyone put it out. Yeah, so yeah. we immediately turn back around. <laughs> <laughs> and we reintroduce ourselves like we're totally new people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, Fran. Nice to meet you, sir. I'm Laika. Hello. My name's Corbin. It's actually Ra-Ra. Can't you shut up? <laughs> I, I I pull the flyer off the wall and I show it to him. And I say, this is very weird. Who put this up? Oh, uh, well, that? A few months back after that big crash in the desert, we started getting lots of strange folks coming in. Dressed weird, didn't talk the language. About, oh, I don't know, a month ago, probably, uh, someone came round with all those flyers and put them up in all the taverns and... Since then, every once in a while, some strange-looking person comes in, they see the flyer, and turn right back around. What'd the person putting up the flyers look like? I can't say I got a very good look at him. A human, by the looks of it, I think, but a little bit tall for a human, I suppose. Uh, I, I really don't know much more than that. Do you happen to know if there's a sign with three white birds on it somewhere around here? Oh, uh, hmm. Three white birds. Uh, Oh, uh, there's an inn uh, down at the docks called Priava's Rest. It's got uh, three carved white birds perching on the sign. Does that help? Yes, that does help. <sighs> I guess we're going to the docks. <laughs> yes! Well, that was a strange noise. What? <laughs> Ignore Rara. Laika. Uh, My pick- name is Corbin. <laughs> Laika picks up Corbin in celebration while he's making that noise. <laughs> So we leave again. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. wordlessly, just goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Bye. yeah. And so we're going to go to the docks. Should we go there first? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think yeah. so, too. All right. Yeah. Well, you uh, you head down to the docks, and getting to the docks is a little more difficult than you might have thought it was. You have to go through a pretty bad area of town to get there. Uh, you see a sign that labels this place as the Stone Quarter, and it seems to be a pretty rough area. Though you see across the great road an area that looks even worse so you head through this district and there's a lot of beggars on the street there it seems to be a lot of people are packed in here and there's not a lot of shops there you come across a few squares where people are selling uh some cheap goods coming up to the docks there is a large gate and another long line of people who are going in and out It's not as long as the one to get into the city, but you do have to wait a little while before you can get through. The guard at the gate asks you for papers. Your business down at the dock, please. Do we have papers? They did not give you any. We're looking for some good dirty eats. (laughs) Oh, well, you'll probably want to head down to, hmm, maybe the con man. Uh, They've got some good skewers right now. Uh, I'll just need to see your papers before you head on through. Have I seen what other people's papers look like? Yeah. Uh, uh, you've been in line and people have had their papers out. They're just like a piece of parchment with a stamp on them. Have they been handing them to him or just showing him? Most of them just sort of flash them. It looks like security here is not as tight as it was at the front at the north gate. Okay. Well, then I'm going to like reach into my bag and pull out an illusion of three papers. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, he looks at him and he, he nods. All right. 
Head on through. Oh, you know. Thank you, sir. If you're looking for something real good, real dirty. <laughs> yeah. Try the bear meat. Ooh. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. What's your name? Uh, my name's uh, Lawrence. Well, Lawrence, if you're still here, when we get back, maybe we'll bring you some. Ah, oh, thanks. I'd really appreciate that. The dirtiest we can find. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just yes. put those papers right away. Yeah. <laughs> love working the docks. <laughs> I love this guy. Oh, this guy's great. He loves dirty food. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right. So down on the docks. Now this is a fun area. It's as cramped and as poor as the stone quarter that you just walked through. But it has much more of life to it. There are people here speaking languages you don't understand. There are smells that you've never smelled before. Some of them are good. A lot of them are not. And above all of that is the salty sea breeze coming in from the ocean. And you can see the tops of high-masted ships uh, over the low buildings. Okay, is there a way to go jump in the ocean? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you can run down to the docks and jump right in the ocean. All right. I'm going to do that. <laughs> well, actually... I'm going to restrain myself. Whoa. Um, wow. We're walking next to the water, and I'm shaping it up to touch it. <laughs> Are you making a hair? Yeah, I'll make a hair look. Like um, Rapunzel with all of this seawater? Yeah, and it's going into the ocean. <laughs> People are gawking at you, which is something you have not really experienced since you've been here. Most people have sort of avoided every time you've been doing magic. Right. But now everybody is looking at you and some people are even clapping. Like, Ooh, what oh. a nice trick. Oh. I bow. Um, <laughs> one one woman throws a couple silvers your way. Oh, dang. Yeah. Nice. Leica is going to use thaumaturgy to change the color of like if there's a torch or a candle nearby. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she goes like, what do you think? Oh, people people throw uh, another couple silvers your way. How much? <laughs> Two silvers start right. throwing your way. Corbin turns into a crow and flies around the torch. Everybody gasps and awes, and uh, another five silvers are thrown at you guys. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then as you guys are finishing up your performance, everybody's walking around saying, oh, man. Illusionists are getting really good. All these magicians, street magicians, are just getting great. Mm-hmm. We should live here. We can clearly make a profit. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's retire here. It's yeah. next to the ocean I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back here after we finish up some stuff. We're going to live here. Yeah. I've already told you this is my home. I'm glad that you guys are in. Yep. <laughs> this is our where we first started stealing, so it's our yeah. home too. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So um, you guys reach Priyava's Rest after a little bit of walking and a little bit of wandering. There is a sign above the the door that says Priyava's Rest, and there are three carved white birds perching on the sign. It is a hole-in-the-wall inn down near the docks. Uh, it's tucked right between a very busy store that does not have a sign on it and a shuttered shop that is completely empty. So wait, is this is this a building that people would be inside, or is it just... Yeah, I okay. mean, there's a uh, there's a door. Okay, okay. Yeah. So can we just peek inside then? Uh, I mean, you can peek through the door, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's not a window uh, sure. in the front. sure. But when you peek into the door, uh, you see that there are a few people hanging out in there. They're nursing mugs of ale, you assume. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a very sleepy-looking young woman who's standing behind the counter. Do they look like they're from Estra? They don't look 
particularly Estrin, but they don't look Danmari either. Um, okay. can we just roll a general perception check? Like, I mean, you can't really see much more through the crack of the door. Okay. Um, I think we should maybe have one person go in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Who wants to go in? Uh, Corbin looks the most normal. That's true. I yeah, Corbin looks weird. Normal. Uh, that's right. definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Corbin, you head on inside, and as soon as you walk in, everyone goes quiet, and they all look at you. There is, in the corner you can see now, there is a crudely carved statue of a woman with her palms facing upward. Uh, It's kind of hard to tell because, again, it's not a very good statue, but it looks like she's wearing crow earrings, antler bracelets, and a wolf tooth necklace. Okay. Uh, I'm going to play it cool. Hmm. I'm going to go up to the counter. What language are you going to speak? I'm going to speak not Estrin at first. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna ask you. So there is there like a menu board? Do they have uh, uh, baked goods at all? No, no. There's there is a little sign on the counter that says we serve ale. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Corbin is gonna have his first pint of ale. <laughs> two uh, silver. He gives uh, her two silver. She takes him and she uh, she gives him a mug of ale in return. Okay. And then goes back to, she leans really heavily one elbow on the counter and then leans her chin on her hand and s- continues to stare very bored and very vacant toward the door. Okay. Uh, what's up? <laughs> she looks at you and raises an eyebrow. One eyebrow is up, I see. <laughs> she doesn't say anything to you. What's, what do you guys, is this just a bar? What's, it's an, what's going on? What's your patronage like? Who's that in the corner over there? This, I have the statue. Yes, mom's statue. Mom? <laughs> Belongs to mom. Don't know who it is. Who, uh, where's your mom? Out. Out where? Just out. I like I look at the go- I look at the statue of the goddess and I like squint at it and then in Esther and I say, "Is that supposed to be the goddess?" <laughs> she, she do? raises an eyebrow at you. Uh, I say, continuing to speak in Esther, who carved that hideous statue? It's disgusting. The girl looks over your shoulder towards the two men who have now both gotten up from their seats. One of them walks over to the door and locks it. Uh, I turn around and I look directly at him and I say, "What's up, buddy?" Uh, <laughs> do you guys? Did they hear the door lock? By the way, so Leica's closest to the door. Uh, roll perception, Leica. Okay. Well, that's a two. You did not notice anything. Seems like a normal time. Corbin hasn't been in there that long, so nothing can have, can have gone wrong this quickly. I turn to Fran, and I'm like, hey, you want to play a game with some rocks? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Mary, signs to you. What kind of game? Uh, we play a game with some rocks. Okay. You, play, you make up a little oh game to play with rocks. God. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, meanwhile, inside... Fran keeps listening at the door. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, inside Priyava's rest, one of the men comes up to you and he says, you should lie down. Uh, does he say that in uh, common or in Estrin? In common. Why? Can you make a constitution save, please? Fuck. What? That's uh, eight. <laughs> Doesn't do it. Uh, you... It. 
hear a hissing noise from above you as you see a white smoke come in through a vent on the ceiling. And then your vision goes hazy, and you are out cold. And I think that is kind of where the episode ends today. We've already, we've gone through a lot of stuff. Why do I always fucking fall into I the goddamn traps, you guys? We should not have let Corin go in. <sighs> we should have all gone in. I'm the goddamn damsel in distress every time. <laughs> it does make sense. It's true. It's that boob window. That's true. It's that boob window. Yep. <laughs> A local miller, his local wife, Fay, elves, D&D with the boys, the woods, adventure, the wrath of the river king. Cobalt Press has just released a new 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure that provides all these things and more. Wrath of the river king puts players in the middle of the world of the Fay. On a mission to save a local miller's wife, they must enter the summer court in the realm of the Feylands, a place with unfamiliar customs and laws, which must be navigated to find the miller's wife without offending the enormously powerful beings in charge. Wrath of the River King offers exploration, flavor, 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 and encounters that rely as much on quick wits and careful negotiations as on swords or magic. You, my sweet listener, can get this adventure, Wrath of the River King, at DriveThruRPG or Paizo.com, but if you buy it at the Cobalt Press store at CobaltPress.com, you'll also receive a free map of the Arbanes Forest. Help out that Miller! Free flower for the rest of your campaign! Wrath of the River King! <laughs>